Ava DuVernay shows up on The Breakfast Club today, uh, sits down with Charlamagne and Envy. Angela Yee's not there. And they have a conversation about her new project. Uh, so the new project talks about Central Park Five. And uh, the actual name of the documentary uh, is going to be called When They See Us. And so I like to see rollouts because there was a trailer release about three weeks ago. And now there's plenty of articles all being written about this uh, as we gear up for this Netflix uh, video content. And so what is the release date? Because what I want you all to really realize on this episode is proper rollouts, proper ways to get your content out to the public, especially on a bigger level. So when I'm looking at articles right now, what they're doing is a multi-layered marketing approach. And so I'm looking at NBCnews.com. This was released uh, earlier uh, this week. So this is actually yesterday. And it says Ava DuVernay's new Netflix series sheds light on the horrors of wrongful incarceration. The story of formerly incarcerated people in this country is one that's little told and it's not enough. This is written by Janelle Richards, Michelle Cho and Kim Cornette. And so they give a little bit of background on uh, the, the movie. And I wanted to highlight something here. It says here, uh, Linda Farstein led the Manhattan District Attorney's Office Sex Crimes Unit in 1989. Last year, Fairstein continued to defend the work of the prosecution, writing, the confessions were not coerced. Now, what she's referring to is back during Central uh, Central Park Five, which Ava DuVernay mentioned something today. She said, I couldn't call it Central Park Five because that's what the media and uh, law enforcement use to dehumanize these young black teens. And so instead, she wants to call or has decided uh, to call uh, this project when they see us. And it makes you open up your mind and say, well, you know, what are we dealing with here? I found that to be very interesting. See, it says here in this article, the next the Netflix series depicts how the teenagers say that they were physically assaulted and faced with mounting pressure to admit to crimes they did not commit because they wanted to get home. When They See Us also includes the full-page advertisement Donald Trump purchased in local New York City newspapers in May 1989 calling for the reinstatement of the death penalty. It was measured. It was a measured approach to him, DuVernay said, of Trump's actions. We only show what he says for himself, so we use his own words. At the time, Corey Wise was 16 years old. Wise says he was beaten before he gave a false confession. He was the only one who was convicted as an adult and served time in adult prison facilities. Uh, They beat Corey up as soon as he got into the precinct, Yusuf Salam said. He wasn't even on the list of suspects. They separated us. I'm hearing him getting beat up in the next room. They're coming into the room that I'm in and telling me that I'm next. I mean, this was beyond a horror story. 
Although there was no DNA evidence linking any of the teenage boys to the crime, they were found guilty, each convicted on different charges, including rape, assault, and robbery in two separate trials. Matias Reyes has been incarcerated since 1991 for committing murder and other rapes. In 2002, Reyes confessed that he was actually the perpetrator in 1989 Central Park crime. DNA from the crime scene confirmed that Reyes was in fact guilty. As a result of this admission, the convictions of Salam, McRae, Richardson, Wise, and Satana were vacated in 2002, but the scars 30 years later all five men still live with are both physical and emotional. It says here, I had pure hatred for the people that, you know, put us away for something we didn't do. Pure hatred, McCray said. I can't let it go and I won't. I even promised my mother because my mother, she passed away, but she asked me to just get that hatred out of my heart to move on with my life. But I can't. According to the Sentencing Project, people of color make up 37% of the U.S. population, but 67% of the prison population, and black men are six times as likely to be incarcerated as white men. So when you really look at this, I wanted, I wanted to jump on this and, and understand the black equity of this. So I'm pulling myself out of this article. I'm going to jump back in for one more uh, piece from this article. Then I also want to look at a few other articles that have coming out. These are all coming out roughly at the same time. All these articles are, are coming out because now with Trump being in office, when Trump being in office, it actually raises the profile of this particular story. Because Trump was involved back then, it now connects everything to what's happening now and who you have as who you have as president in the in the White House. And it, it, it becomes almost uh a sad tale of American history, but in many ways it's almost poetic justice. Because his higher profile now makes this story that much more relevant. It actually shines a bigger light on what the hell was happening back then. And so the first episode is going to air and I'm encouraging all black equity listeners Starting on May 31st, 2019, uh, you will have access from the information I have here. You will have access to uh, when they see us. Let me make sure we have the right one here. So this is actually created, written, and directed by Ava DuVernay. This series exposes the breakdown of the U.S. criminal justice system during Central Park 5 cases. So in many ways, I, it's actually not a documentary. So we were told that it was going to be some type of a documentary. No, this is a drama. Executive produced. See, here on Black Equity, I want to know who put the money behind this. That matters. Avery DuVernay. Jeff Skoll. Uh, Jeff Skoll is uh, an engineer, Canadian engineer, internet entrepreneur, and film producer. Uh, net worth $4.5 billion. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Let's find out a little bit more. Jonathan King. Jonathan King, uh, Exit Production. Let's look at who he is. 
Jonathan King is an English singer, songwriter, record producer, and music entrepreneur, and former television and radio presenter. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Who else do we have? Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. That's a very familiar name. Let's learn a little bit more about her. Oprah Winfrey is an American media executive, actress, talk show host, television producer, and philanthropist. She is best known for her talk show, The Oprah Winfrey Show, which was the highest rated television program of its kind. So she is executive producer on this project. Uh, Also, Jane uh, Rosenthal. Let's learn a little bit about Jane. Jane Rosenthal is an American film producer. She is co-founder, CEO, and executive chair at Tribeca Enterprises, a media company that encompasses Tribeca Productions and Tribeca Film Festival. That's a lot of power. (laughs) Jane Rosenthal, that's a lot of power. And last executive producer is Barry Welsh. Barry Welsh is a film producer, and so this is what he does. He's uh, been a producer of The Irishman, uh, obviously, when they see us, Quincy, uh, just to name a few. Uh, also, the Wizard of Lies, and all we had. Uh, so, when I'm looking at this, it looks like there's two black women that are going to be uh, executive producing this uh, film, and the rest are not of the culture. But that isn't—that's not a bad thing. Uh, you don't have to be black to tell black stories. But you damn sure better make sure you put black people in positions of creative control to make sure the story gets told correctly. Now, we haven't seen this film yet. We don't know what it's going to be, but I have a strong suspicion it's going to shake up the culture. May 31st, get ready. Why do I feel like it's going to shake up the narratives, shift everything? Because it ain't even May 31st yet. We are May 14th. And they are bringing the energy to this. I have over in in my possession, I'm looking at over 50 different articles over the last two and a half weeks about this project. This project is going, in my opinion, I haven't seen it. I don't know anything, but you got to think, just take a step back here. Jane Rosenthal. Is over Tribeca Film Festival. Okay? That's power. Oh, you don't believe me? Let's look at Tribeca Film Festival. Because, see, I don't think you realize the the people that are behind this and why Netflix paid top dollar for this. Uh, Tribeca Film Festival is a prominent film festival, festival held in Tribeca neighborhood of Manhattan. Okay? Now, it's not just that it's held in Manhattan, but here, if you really look down into the crevices, the festival now draws an estimated three million people, including often elusive celebrities from the worlds of arts, film and music and generates six hundred million dollars annually. That's almost unheard of in a film festival. It was one of the is one of the hardest places in our culture to make money on. And a film festival is, is, is making $600 million annually. And that's just a conservative projection. And the person that they have over uh, the film festival is producing this film. <laughs> Wake up. Pay attention. If that wasn't enough, you have Oprah on it. 
And then you have other skilled uh, executive producers over this. This is a strong team. Black, white, green, yellow. This is a strong team. Now, this particular project is created and written and directed by Ava DuVernay. That's what I mean by creative control. That's what I mean by shifting narratives. Everybody else is just handling the business. If you know what you're doing, have the best director you can in that, in, in, in that spot. Have the best executives you can in that spot. But make sure you have people behind that creative control that can understand business and how to get your, your film moving. They strategically align with Tribeca Film Festival. They strategically align with Oprah. They strategically align with two other executive producers who have had experience in the last 10 years getting films through. One of them being the Quincy documentary that was on Netflix earlier this year or late last year that shifted the way that people were doing documentaries. And so all these people are behind when they see us. When they see us, we'll air on May 31st, 2019. I'm not getting paid for any of this. I'm not trying to pump it up. But here are the production companies uh, associated with this film. Participant Media, Harpo Films, Tribreca Productions. You can't miss on any of these. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of Oprah, and I'm not the biggest fan of Harpo Films. But we got to start looking at what they've done. Here's what Harpo Films has done. Beloved, 1998, The Great Debaters, 2007, Precious, 2009, uh, The 100-Foot Journey, 2014. Don't know that one. So that, that may have been a flop or maybe I just missed it. Okay, uh, Selma, 2014, which was done with Ava DuVernay. That's where that relationship comes from. Don't forget, they also did Their Eyes Were Watching God and Before Women Had Wings. Harpo Films has a track record of really great projects. Really great projects come from that camp. I am I if if I was investing, which obviously is too late to be investing in this project. But if you're an investor and you see the the team that's being put in place, you got to get behind this project. Because the story is on point. This is a story that is going to resonate with the black community, if not all communities. We know Trump was deeply involved by putting a um, an advertisement in the local newspaper, New York Times, I believe. If I have the wrong newspaper, I apologize. Took out a full page ad uh, asking for uh, the death penalty for these young men. So with that in place and with Trump being the president with Oprah behind this, with Tribeca films behind this, we we're starting to get into a territory where it's going to be hard to deny this project so much so that they are beginning a promotion of a Netflix series 30 days in advance. They've been promoting this since the end of last month Ava hits it in the middle of the month to come on the Breakfast Club, bring awareness to it. I'm sure they'll probably either this week or next week bring in maybe the cast. And so they are rolling this out 
to make sure you don't miss this cultural moment. Then it will be on Netflix and it will sit there and you have to decide to watch it or not. And there will be conversations that come from it. I am if I'm a betting man, if I'm an investor and I see this two years ago, this project coming up, I went in. I went in. Because I believe this is going to shift a lot of narratives. Now, I, I mentioned earlier what production companies were a part of this. I mentioned Har- Harpo Films. But I also want you to understand what Tribeca Productions uh, has done in their filmography. <laughs> 1991, Cape Fear. 1993, A Bronx Tale. 1996, Marvin's Room. 1999, Flawless. 2000, uh, Meet the Parents. 2001, Prison Song. 2004, Meet the Fockers. 2005, Rent. 2008, What Just Happened. 2009, Public Enemies. 2010, Little Fockers. Uh, 2011, Warrior Queen. Uh, 2017, The Wizard of uh, Lies. 2018, Bohemian Rhapsody. 2018, Quincy. And 2019, The Irishman. This, This company has been around and producing films since 1989. 30 years they've been in this game. So when you're backed by, and by the way, uh, Tribeca Productions, a film and television production company, co-founded in 1999 by actor Robert De Niro and producer Jane Rosenthal in the lower Manhattan neighborhood of Tribeca. Now, I don't know if Robert De Niro is still involved in this uh, at, at all or not. Uh, let's see here. In 2003, Robert De Niro, Jane Rosenthal, and Craig Hackfiff moved Tribeca Productions to become part of Tribeca Enterprises, which organizes Tribeca Film Festival, Tribeca Film Festival International, Tribeca Cinemas, and Tribeca Film. So I see nothing that says Robert uh, De Niro is still not involved in this. You got some heavy hitters. So Charlemagne's sitting there. He's talking to Ava, and she's going in, and she's saying, hey, I'm just going to let you know right now. What Trump did back then is going to be very blatant and it's going to be very uh, reminiscent of what's going on today. And it may shift some things. And in many ways, this project in the black community is going to be the nail in the coffin for anybody who supports Trump. Because I think it's time for us to relook at what happened. And here's what I'm calling for. And anybody who would want to work on this project, let me know. I think we also need to do a project on the 1994 crime bill. I think it's time. I'm ready to invest in that project if it's done correctly with the right producers and having the right executive team in place. Because the narrative is shifting now, y'all. And if you sit back and you just let it let it ride and you miss this documentary, I'm sorry, this drama series that's probably very close to a documentary. If you miss this, you're going to be missing what I believe a cultural shift 
And the way we see our politicians, the way we see our businessmen, and the way we see the justice system in total. Some people are going to have to wake up on this one. Could you, the way they're marketing this and the way they're putting money behind this, it's going to be a must-see event. 